This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're welcoming back my main man, who is such a tremendous asset for us. As we move closer and closer to the NCAA tournament, it was a good night for Rutgers. It was a terrible night for Seton Hall. And to help us make sense with the final two weeks of college basketball, the great Zach Braziller of the New York Post is nice enough to join us. What's happening, ZB? What's up, buddy? How are you? Zach, it's pretty crazy. The last time we had a conversation, it felt like Seton Hall, Rutgers, and St. John's were in really strong position to all make the NCAA tournament. Well, now I'd say only one of those three teams is in really strong position to make the tournament. My goodness, what a disaster for Seton Hall and St. John's over the last week. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the bottom of this league has has e- eaten them and spit them out. I mean, St. John's loses to the worst team in the league, DePaul. Um, you know, a few weeks ago they lost to Butler, and then Butler beats Seton Hall, and, and Seton Hall lost to Georgetown on Saturday. Look, I think St. John's has to, that, you know, Basically, run the table. We either win their conference tournament, or at least get to the Big East tournament final to be in the mix. And Seton Hall is, now has work to do. You know, they, they, I think they have to win their last two regular season games, which is home for UConn at St. John's. Either that is, either of those games will be easy, and and then probably at least win a game in the tournament. I mean, they're you know they're in bad shape, and it's kind of emblematic of the league right now. The league right now is has two locked tournament teams, the Villanova and Creighton, and then it's got a. A lot of maybes. It's really kind of the last few weeks have been bad for this league. I don't think there's any doubt, Zach. And think about the Big East a year ago. It felt like it was going to be a banner year for them, and then we know what happened with COVID-19. Seton Hall is like the poster child of that. You know, you feel for them because you had Miles Powell. You had a team that had a chance to be really special. I mean, a team that easily could have gotten to the second weekend. If they got the right draw, they could have made the Final Four. Miles Powell aside, ZB, what is the biggest difference that you noticed from last year's Seton Hall team to this year's Seton Hall team? They just they don't play defense like a typical Kevin Willard team. You know, his teams usually are, are very strong defensively and they just aren't. You know, they, they don't have great point guard play. Bryce Aiken, the transfer from Harvard, has barely played and he's look, he's he's just the his injuries have destroyed this team because it's put way too much pressure on, on Shavar Reynolds, who really should be, you know, a, a defensive specialist, part-time guy. But because Aiken can't get on the court, it's it's really hurt them. And you know, that's they're just not a good, they're just not a good defensive team, and they're not a great offensive team either. 
and teams are really just you know putting a ton, giving a ton of attention to San Mendel College, really, and it just. It's it's really hurt them, and you know you look no further. Look at Michigan. Michigan went in and they got Mike Smith from Columbia, and he's been a huge part of the great season they're having. And then compare it to what's happened with Seton Hall and Bryce Aiken. And let's say you know what what if Seton Hall had decided to pursue Smith instead of Aiken, and you put Smith on this team, and it's a completely different team. It's the point guard issues have been something that just they have not been able to overcome. Zach, I watched UConn yesterday. Book Knight is a difference maker for them. When he plays, they're a completely different team. What is your expectation from UConn over the next few weeks? I think they're getting in. I don't think they'll be sweating the NCAA tournament. That's just my personal take. I think that'll unfold over the next few weeks. Can UConn be a team this year that can make some noise and get hot? They could because they, they play incredibly hard. They really defend. Book Knight is a big time talent. He's going to be a lottery pick. You know, he he's still working his way back. You know, he missed so much time with, with the elbow that you know his first game he was great against Providence, and the second game against Villanova he seemed gassed in the second half. And then he he was better yesterday against Georgetown. But I see him as he's only going to get better and better. I've seen some people who think that UConn can win the Big East tournament, which I don't think is crazy. Although I. I still wonder about how, do they have enough offense? Because after book night, you still have a ton of question marks. I know RJ Cole has played better lately, but I'm, he, he's your second scoring option. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still unsure of that. We all know though, this tournament is about matchups. You know, the one thing they do though, they'll be in games because they have size and they defend. So they're not, they're not going to get blown out. So they're going to have a chance. And if book night can get hot, you know, maybe, maybe they can go on a run, but I do agree. I think they're a tournament team. I, look, Right now, they I still think they need a few more wins. Especially, I think that game with Seton Hall would be a big one to get for them. Um, That's that would be a quad one win. They have the win over USC. They have one at Xavier. They have one at Marquette. So they have a few decent ones. But I do think if they continue to play well, the committee will kind of see what they are with Book Knight and, and probably get them in. Rutgers with this win now over Indiana. Is, does that seal the deal? Are they not sweating at any point now between tonight and Selection Sunday? I think they're a tournament team, Zach. I do. I wouldn't say seal the deal. They still have two league games left. They have they go to Nebraska. And... Can't lose that game. See, that's no. one that might put you back in a you know down a slippery slope. You can't lose to Nebraska under any circumstances. And they have to go to Minnesota, and Minnesota is very good at home. They're they're disaster on the road. They haven't won a road game all year, but they are good at home. I think Rutgers is in. I think they're a seven or eight seed. You know, I just they can't look. They can't now go lose go lose these next two games and lose their Big Ten opener. Maybe that would make them sweat. But besides that, I think they're I think they're pretty good shape. I just I would not expect anything big out of this team. Uh, come March, just because look at it, they they haven't beaten a good team since December. You know they've really they've really eaten eaten on the 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 bottom half of the Big Ten, which is so overrated. The top of the league is good. I love the top half of the league, but the bottom half of that league is just you know Indiana is not any good, Minnesota is not any good, Northwestern isn't good. I know Michigan State had some good wins, but still they they haven't been a good team for most of the year. You know Nebraska, there are there are a lot of soft spots in that league. Those are teams I'm going to look to fade in the NCAA tournament. Now, I'm not fading Michigan. I'm not fading the Buckeyes. I'm not fading Iowa, and I'm not fading Illinois. You're right. 
that next tier within the Big Ten, the Maryland's of the world, um, the Minnesota's of the world, very beatable, very gettable. And with the right matchup, a lot of those teams are going to be out come tournament time. All right, Zach Brazil, let's have some fun. Who's got the best chance right now of making the tournament out of these three Blue Bloods? Kentucky, Duke, Michigan State. I think Duke, um, the Virginia win helps them, although Virginia didn't exactly, that didn't, you know, losing today NC State was How about that, getting Syracuse their first quad one win of the year because NC, it just goes to show you how ridiculous this system is, Zach. Now all of a sudden NC State is a quad one win when they're what, 11-9 on the year because they beat Virginia tonight? I mean, that's, that's just ridiculous to me. Yeah, the system obviously needs work. Um, I I would still go Duke. I think they're playing really well right now. Kentucky, Kentucky's got to win the SEC tournament. They're you know they're still four or five games under five hundred, whatever it is. And I know Michigan State has had a few really nice wins. I'm still I'm still not sold on them. I, I I've, you know I, I still need to see more out of them. Uh, but I, I think Duke is the team. And look, I mean, would it be a surprise us if the committee just you know you know says just throws Duke in there even if they aren't quite deserving. I mean we all we all know Duke gets the benefit of the doubt off you know all the time anyway and they're playing really well. As long as they can continue this, I would probably go Duke. Zach Brazilla, our guy from the New York Post, helping us out as we move closer and closer to conference tournament week and the NCAA tournament. Zach, you want to explain this one to me? Why would North Carolina as a bubble team schedule a team like Marquette that's a quad three win Marquette is not a good team this year. And it's one of those games where you really don't gain much by playing it. And if you lose, it ends up being a disaster. What's the thought process there? Yeah, it was a, biz- a bizarre decision. You know, the, the Northeastern game made a little more, a little bit more sense. But anyone who's watched Marquette this year knows that they are capable. They have ability. DJ Carton's very good. Dawson Garcia's a very good player. They've lost a ton of close games. They're not well coached. But they still, if, they, if their shots are falling, they're a team that can give you problems. And, you know, I was stunned. I, you know, I saw them up early. I still thought they would lose. They've blown a ton of big leads this year. As I said, they are not a well-coached team. I know the Marquette fan base is, it would love to see a new coach in there, although I don't expect that to happen next year. But, yeah, it, it boggles my mind. And, look, I know people got carried away. North Carolina had a really nice win over Louisville. They have they are one in six in quad one games. They now have a quad three loss. Why North Carolina is all of a sudden considered a, a tournament team? It boggles my mind. I guess it's because of the the brand and you know the powder blue. But if we look at the resume, they they don't deserve to be in a tournament right now. I can't disagree with that. And Zach, that brings me to the ACC. I mean, we were talking about the Big East and the struggles they've had this year. This might be the most down ACC, Zach. I think I've ever seen in my life. I mean, the last two years. I mean, last year it was bad. It's even worse this year. I do. Want, I do like Florida State. I think. I think Florida State's a legit team. But even the, you know, if you look elsewhere in this league, you know, Virginia. I mean, Virginia's that's another team. Everyone just says Virginia's. You know, they're locked. Who have they beaten? They haven't beaten anybody. Their resume stinks too. I guess you got to just say. I mean, you need sixty-eight teams, and obviously, we're a few teams. There are going to be a few teams that. Are, no, no Ivy League team, obviously, this year. and So you, you need to find a way to fill up the bracket. But, man, the ACC is, you know, 
I still don't quite understand how I see some of these brackets. How many have six ACC teams? And I'm just like, are you are you paying attention? Are you, are you watching these teams? Well, play? here's the problem, though, Zach. I mean, where are you finding these teams? That's what it comes down to. I mean, the Big East would take teams away left and right too. The, <laughs> that's a good point. I mean, you know what I mean, dude? Like, listen, yeah. I get it. The ACC is not good. The Big East is not what it's been. You got to find a way to get to 68 some way, somehow. You know, like somebody's got to go. Take the entire Big 12. Big 12 is a great league. Take, take everyone from that conference. Big 12 right now is playing really good basketball. Big I mean, you're, but listen, though. They are going to take Baylor, West Va, Kansas, Boomer, Texas, Okie State, and Texas Tech. They're taking every single one of those teams. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the only, I guess just Iowa State and Kansas State are the only two teams that that won't that won't make it. I mean, yeah, it's look, it's a problem. I mean, especially because you you know with 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 the shortened non conference play, it really took away opportunities for for some of these smaller schools to to pick up good wins. Um, you know, I I think when you look at the AC, I think obviously you know I still think Virginia will get in, although I think they're. The, the the seed I see in a lot of these brackets is are is way too inflated, you know. Obviously, Florida State, um, Louisville, I still think will get in. Although I think they should be on the bubble as well. You probably look at, at Clemson and Vatech, um, but I'll tell you, North North Carolina, North Carolina needs to play a big game Saturday against Florida State. They need they need it. They need another quad one win. To, they got Florida yeah. State and they got at Syracuse, which probably profiles as a quad one win for them. I would assume, right, Zach? Yeah, yeah. Um, that would profile. They got to get one of those next two games. Yeah, I mean, I I can make the argument they need to get two. I mean, like one quad one win is is you know past years if you weren't at like three or four you really didn't have a shot. And you know, obviously the the standards are lower this year um, because we because there are you know more more bigs that need to be filled up. But they they got to do some work here. I mean, this is they're. I, I, right now, you can make an argument Duke has a better resume, even though they have more bad losses. Which is crazy to think about. Um, do you get the sense there will be more or less upheaval in the conference tournaments this year, as far as bid stealing is concerned? I I actually think there'll be less because I think when you look at, I, I just think that the country is so top heavy this year. You know. Um, the Big 12, I wouldn't really say. I mean, I'm not – I can see Butler losing, but that league is so good. It's not like you're going to be seeing a, a Kansas State or an Iowa State win a no, league. No, they're so not winning the league. Have... One of those good teams right. is winning the Big 12. Right. I'm right. referencing – here's what I'm referencing, Zach. Big East, ACC, SEC, more specifically. And I guess to a lesser extent, the Pac-12. Even though the Pac-12, you figure one of those teams is probably going to get there. One of the four goals. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see it happening in the Big East because I just think – Going over Creighton or probably with a league, and maybe not them. Maybe UConn could be a dark horse, but so I don't see it happening there. I do, I do see much more of a chance in the ACC or the SEC, especially the SEC. You know, the top teams in that league have really struggled of late, whether it's Tennessee or Alabama. Um, Kentucky obviously can get hot, so I can see it in the SEC. And, and you know, the ACC, these even the top teams outside of Florida State really aren't that good, so. You know, maybe uh, maybe if Syracuse gets hot, I know that's what you would love to see. Listen, they got um, a lot of work to do. Um, it's nice that they got if they. I'll tell you this though, Zach. I'll tell you this: they beat Georgia Tech on Saturday, which would be a quad one win on the road. 
I will get suckered back in Monday night for the North Carolina game. Is that fair? Uh, yeah. Why not? I mean, I will get suckered back in. I own it. I will absolutely get suckered back in. I mean, why not? When you when you consider um, just how how weak the bubble is 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 becoming right now, you know, there's there's no reason not to dream. You know, I mean, it's it's clearly weak. Uh, we see it. It feels like we say this every year, but it, it just it feels really, really bad this year when you when you consider some of these teams, and you're seeing teams with three or four, two or three quad three losses that are right in the mix, or one or two quad one wins that are right in the mix. So yeah, I mean, I I would put if I'm talking big conferences, and I'm not counting the Pac-12 because they're basically glorified mid-major at this point anyway. Um, I would go Big East. I would go SEC, ACC would be the two big stealers that I could see of the big conferences. Zach, final one. Did the Michigan win on Sunday now put you in a position where you're ready to put them right there with Gonzaga and Baylor? I'm not going right there, but I'm not. I don't. I wouldn't be shocked if they could beat them. You know, I, I think Gonzaga and Baylor have just been too good all season to say anyone is on their level. But I also think if you watch them play, you watch their depth. You you see how well coached they are, how how they play defense, the shot makers they have. There's no reason that they, they couldn't beat a Gonzaga or Baylor in one game. It's not a best of seven. It's one. You know, I've, I've been saying this forever. Everyone who just says it's Gonzaga or Baylor is just ignoring the history of this tournament and just how unpredictable it can be. You know, it was the smart money that one of them will win it all, of course. But that doesn't mean it's going to happen. We've been here too often in the, in the, in the past saying, you know, Zion Duke are, are a lock, or you know the Calipari team with Carlos and Towns. There's no chance they're going to lose a game. It's it's possible, and you know it's just we've seen too much to say it won't happen. And Michigan is definitely one of those teams, you know, with Illinois and with Ohio State, and you know I think a Creighton who's really starting to play better now and look like the team they were early in the year is definitely a team that can make a Final Four run. You know there there are a lot of good teams in the country that are capable um, of beating those teams. Whether they do it or not is another question. My main man, college sports columnist extraordinaire for the New York Post, the great Zach Braziller. Zach, hopefully this Arkansas score holds. Be a win for me. And a lot more conversations ahead as we move closer to this tournament, man. Always fun catching up. All right, man. Have a good one. There you have it. That's Zach Braziller. Seton Hall right now, a whole lot of trouble. Rutgers, I think they're exactly where they need to be. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.